Well, today, as Susie mentioned, as we started the service, is Pentecost Sunday. And it's a day when the church all over the world celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus told his disciples to wait for the Holy Spirit. And, and there they were in the upper room uh, shortly after Jesus ascended to heaven. And they're waiting and they don't quite know what to expect. And then a, a wind blows through and then they see these tongues of fire on each other's heads and they, and they get this gift of language and they start speaking in other tongues. And it was the most incredible anointing for evangelism uh, in the history of the church. It was absolutely extraordinary because people had come to Jerusalem to worship God from many different parts of, of Israel and beyond and they traveled far and then they hear these people speaking in their own languages and it is absolutely supernatural and amazing and the gospel was preached and many, many people added to their number. And um, one of the things that also happened uh, with the early church as the early dis disciples began to lead people to Jesus and then gather and establish the church um, is that they began to see healings because with the empowering came empowering to heal the sick. And um, I want to just focus on healing today uh, because at Trent Vineyard, we've always practiced healing. We believe that we've been um, anointed to heal the sick uh, like every believer and uh, we've practiced it. And over the years, we have uh, many stories of how the Lord has healed people. And so I want to talk in a quite a practical way um, to teach us how to do this um, because it's part of our inheritance being children of God that we should practice healing. Um, I remember a couple of weeks ago, Dave Ellis was up here on the stage and he was sharing how his knee had been healed. Uh, this morning, one of the um, folks who was coming up to help me help us do a, a clinic, we were demonstrating how to heal the sick, Iweri, and she, at the beginning of the service, she was telling Caleb, who she uh, uh, was hosting with, and she was saying how she had a pain in her left knee and then going down her, knee, her leg. And, um, and she came up, and as they were demonstrating healing on someone else, she gets completely healed and can't believe what the Lord's done, which is really precious. Um, so healing happens. It happens in a sense, we should expect it to happen in an everyday way. Um, but, of course, we don't. And so when we see healings, we are excited and we celebrate. We were at, um, hosting a conference recently called the Vineyard Leadership Gathering. And um, there were a number of significant healings. And a couple of them uh, I just want to share with you. There's a woman who'd come with um, uh, a condition called strangulated bowel. And she'd had a number of operations, but she lived in continual pain. And for the last five years, she had had continual pain. And it's like, it was like knives going into her bowels and in her stomach. And um, as she was prayed for, uh, her stomach started to move, just not, she wasn't doing it, but started to convulse and waves started to um, move through her body. And then she felt like these knives came out and the pain was gone. And uh, they checked several days later and again later, and she's healed, she's free of pain which is absolutely wonderful. There was another woman who had a, quite a severe squint that she'd had um, probably, they reckon, more than 20 years, um, maybe all her life. But anyway, she'd had it for as long as she could remember. And, um, and basically, the eye was going in a completely different direction, and it shifted as they prayed for her, which is, again, absolutely amazing. And we praise God for those healings. Um, one healing that I love to share that happened here, and I love to share it because we've got sort of the evidence 
of what happened. And basically, Fiona and Ed Rippon are members of this church. And um, when Fiona was first pregnant with baby Jocelyn, um, she and Ed had had uh, uh, their consultant tell them that little Jocelyn was going to be born with a cleft lip. And uh, they showed the scan. And if you see from the scan picture as it comes up, um, this is uh, little Jocelyn's head lying sideways. And you can see, uh, there's like, you can see sort of her nose and then a line. And there's her lower lip it's pointed to. And so there's a cleft lip, there's a gap between her nose and, uh, and the breast. And basically, um, this means there'll be great complications after she's born. Uh, she won't be able to feed properly. She'll need a number of operations. But also, it could easily develop into a cleft palate, which is another more serious level of this condition. And um, anyway, uh, we laid hands on Fiona, on her tummy. Her parents prayed for her. The, the small group prayed. Friends prayed. Throughout the rest of the pregnancy, uh, we were praying for Fiona's uh, baby, Jocelyn. And then Jocelyn was born. And this is a picture of her completely healed. Isn't that amazing? And... Um, I'm always, it's so impactful when you see the evidence. And they went to their consultant. Obviously, he, he could see Jocelyn. He wanted to see uh, um, pictures of Jocelyn now. And uh, he was as amazed as they were. And they asked him if it was possible that Jocelyn could be healed in the womb. That, as in, like, could, could it be natural that there's so much sort of growth hormones and this sort of thing floating around in the womb as a baby grows? Surely, maybe this happened in a natural way. And he said, we've never seen anything like this. There wasn't an explanation for it. So folks, we can heal the sick today. Jesus is our model. And he told us to do it. And his spirit is here to empower us to do so. The ministry of Jesus began um, as he came back from being tempted in the desert. And he comes into the temple. He then goes to Peter's house. And there is Peter's mother-in-law, sick. She would have loved to be hosting them, but she's sick and she has a high fever. And it tells us that Jesus healed her. And uh, he also set a man who was oppressed free. And the word of these uh, encounters with Jesus and these miracles um, spread such that um, people came to Jesus. It says in Luke 4, verse 40, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. The word spread, people brought people to Jesus, and he healed them. It was a huge part of the ministry of Jesus, and it's our ministry too. Andy Masters leads the Langham Valley Vineyard, and he told me this story. He talked about a young man in their church community who had some pretty complex health issues, and he'd had them for a number of years, and then the doctors discovered a group of tumors in his brain. And they said, of course, we prayed for him, uh, they prayed for healing. And when he went back for his final consultation to look at the decision they were going to be making about what kind of invasive surgery they were going to do or what kind of, um, you know, uh, radiotherapy, you know, how the radiotherapy might work. Was it going to be one or the other or uh, how they were going to um, do this? The scans showed that the tumors had completely disappeared. The young man's mother wasn't a believer. And so when she heard this, 
She was absolutely stunned and she kept saying, this is a miracle, isn't it? This is a miracle, she kept saying to the consultant. To which the consultant replied, we don't really use that word. <laughs> All we can say is there's absolutely no medical explanation for what's happened. Incredible. So today I want to teach us um, very practically how to heal the sick in a very naturally supernatural way. So um, whilst we may in these contexts have a longer time to pray for people um, and, uh, and, you know, sometimes as we pray for people, we may sense the Holy Spirit on us and various things happen. When you're praying in the supermarket or on the bus or at work, you don't have a lot of time. So we're going to just, I'm going to just speak very practically about how to heal the sick. Because God is healing people through ordinary folks like you and me. He said to his disciples, and we find this in John 14, verse 12, he said this, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. So if you believe in Jesus, if you proclaim him as your, as your Lord and Savior, then you can heal the sick. Everyone is invited. This isn't just for the early apostles, but for all who believe. Mark chapter 16 says this in verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they'll drive out demons, they'll speak in new tongues, and they'll place their hands on sick people, and they'll get well. So folks, we have authority to heal the sick. Matthew chapter 10 says, Jesus called his disciples and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and sickness. Now, this is how authority works. So Susie will remember this very clearly because we were on our way back from Centre Parks and I was driving. It's funny that no one drives with me now, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, so I was driving back and I was driving nervously back. It was dark and there was no lights on the road, so obviously I had my lights on. And the road, you, many, most of you who've been back from Centre Parks, you know, it's sort of up and down. And I was nervously driving, probably too slowly. And soon there was a police car behind me with flashing lights. I stopped my car and then this large man in a uniform, uh, you know, appears. Um, and it, it wasn't that. That's a daytime picture. So it wasn't that one, but that's just to remind you of what. And, uh, and basically I opened my window and he gave me a telling off. And um, so uh, now I would never have opened my window on a dark night uh, to a strange man with no uniform on. I wouldn't have done it. I would have been stupid to have done so. But I recognized his uniform. I recognized the car. I recognized that somewhere uh, not so far away there'd be a police station and somewhere in our nation there'll be a, a court of justice and maybe even a prison. And so what he represented is the, he has the weight of the law of this land behind him in the uniform and the car that he drives. And that's how the authority of the kingdom works. Because Jesus is in us, when we accept Jesus into our lives, we carry the uniform, we carry authority. And sickness is a work of the enemy. And the enemy knows who Jesus is. He recognizes the King of Kings. And so we're invited with authority to heal the sick. Now, there's a saying in the vineyard called, everyone gets to play. Everyone. Everyone who believes gets to play. And it is fun to pray for the sick, especially when we see change happen and we see improvement and we see healing. 
The first time I prayed for someone, I had no idea really what I was doing. I had seen people healed as a child, but then I heard my father talk about John Wimber and the vineyard coming to his church and how um, the Holy Spirit had broken out and there'd been many healings. But what stuck in my head was, if you believe in Jesus, you can heal the sick. And uh, basically, from the phone box to the refectory, I was repenting for my sins, coming back to the Lord, and I wanted to be part of this. I wanted to be involved in healing the sick. And I ended up talking to my friends who uh, thought it was all rather weird and wonderful, what I was saying, um, and kind of, you know, warned me a bit about this weird stuff. But they did say, if you think you can heal people, one of the girls had been taken up to the medical center at, um, on Clifton site uh, with what they thought was appendicitis, and a Queen's Medical Ambulance was coming to pick her up because she was in such pain. And so they basically challenged me, if you can heal the sick, you need to go and heal her. So I went up there, and I kind of offered to pray. I mean, she didn't even know I was a Christian at that time, because I, my, I was such an appalling witness at university back at that, in those days. And... Um, but I said, you know, I'd love to pray for you. And she let me. And I thought, well, I think I need to lay hands on you because that's kind of what I... I must have read it in the Bible. So, um, so she let me do that. And then I just prayed. And uh, I thought at the time I needed to pray in tongues. But I didn't pray. I didn't have any anointing. I hadn't ever received tongues. But I kind of invented some words. But, but in the end, I said, you know, I told the pain to go. And the pain left. And I was as shocked as she was. And all my friends were shocked. And we don't know to this day whether she was healed or not, whether she actually had appendicitis. But as far as my friends were concerned, Debbie had healing powers. And from that point on, they would come to me with their headaches and toothache and various things. And over the years, I have to say, I've seen so many people healed. I, um, I love it. I absolutely love praying for people to be healed. Now... Um, a few years ago, my cleaner came to me, and I've prayed for her many times. She's been healed of so many things. But she um, asked if I would go with my John to hospital to visit her nephew who was dying of cancer. And so we turned up and we prayed, um, but nothing changed. And in the end, he died. But amongst one of the relatives was his cousin, and she had endometriitis. And she asked if we would pray for her. And so, you know, it didn't put her off that her cousin wasn't seeming to recover. Um, but she wanted us to pray for her. And um, so endometriitis is a, is a condition, I think, related to the ovaries because she had been told she wouldn't be able to have children. And she, had, she was uncomfortable, she'd had operations, and she was on medication. And so we sort of um, said, well, you know, why don't you stand here? Are you happy for me, Debbie, to put my hands on your, you know, your tummy? And uh, John sort of put his hands on her shoulder. And we just said, you just relax and we'll pray. And we just invited the Holy Spirit to come. And you could see her, her countenance change, like there was a peace. And her eyelids began to flutter a little bit. Uh, she was so relaxed, such a sense of the presence of God. And, the, and her relatives were watching. And uh, then we just spoke with authority to her um, her tummy, and we just spoke, to, we commanded the endometriitis to cease, to stop, and for all the symptoms to go, and uh, for her to be able to have children. And um, anyway, we prayed for a while, and she felt this peace, and she felt discomfort leave her body, but we didn't know if she'd been healed or not. But then uh, a, a week later, we went back to talk with them about, you know, they were saying their final goodbyes to, to the nephew, and um, we were just talking about death and, and praying with them. And she uh, felt, from that moment we prayed, she felt completely well, and she said, I'm trying for a baby. And by the end of the year, she'd had a baby. And um, we were celebrating with our cleaner, um, this girl's uh, having a baby, 
being able to get pregnant. So I love praying for people to get healed. Do you know, signs and wonders um, often uh, go hand in hand with evangelism. You know, as we're sharing the gospel, um, very often a, a, a word of knowledge or a prophetic word or a, a healing can shift things, can shift people's mindset. Uh, where they might be closed to God, they might well open up to God. And um, we have a, a Mandarin-speaking community here in uh, Trent Vineyard. And at the beginning of COVID, a number of them went back to China. But the group that had con uh, continued on Zoom, like many of our church services went on Zoom, their group continued on Zoom to study the scriptures together and do life together on Zoom. Um, but restrictions in China have, um, have uh, strengthened. In fact, they, they, they don't want Christians to be gathering in groups, um, sharing uh, Jesus. They don't want people to share their faith. And so um, for a number of people, they were quite nervous joining on Zoom. And uh, one particular woman, uh, she really wanted to be on Zoom. Um, and she had cancer. But her husband was very upset with her because he knew this could endanger their jobs and he was telling her not to go on Zoom with these Christians. She wasn't allowed to. Please don't do it. Except one day she gets healed and he comes to faith. And we don't have any medical proof whether she got healed except that the husband went from someone who was terrified, didn't want her on Zoom calls, to now having a hunger to study the word of God because of what happened to his wife. Now, when we heal the sick, we have got to be prepared to look foolish. If we're going to heal the sick, uh, sometimes uh, nothing will happen. Sometimes the condition doesn't change. Um, I remember Pete saying, um, he, Pete was a guy in our church, and um, he loved to pray for people to get healed. In fact, he loved going out doing healing on the streets and seeing people on the streets healed. And he was becoming quite good at it, because the more you do it, the more you see. And um, anyway, but he had never prayed for anybody in the workplace. And uh, anyway, he's at his welder's bench, so he's a welder. He's at his sort of station, and he looks across, and, and one of his mates is walking along, limping, and he feels the Lord say, you need to offer to pray for him. And he's like, oh, no, not here, not in the world. Oh, gosh, this is... So the whole environment of his, the place where he worked was not the sort of place that was kind of really open to supernatural stuff. So he feared, you know, be looking foolish, even offering to pray. But then the guy kept walking back and forth, limping along. And so eventually he felt, I'm going to have to do it. So he asked the guy what was wrong, and it turned out he had a dislocated knee. And it was causing him a lot of pain. And it was possibly he was going to have some sort of an operation. Anyway, he offers to pray. And the guy says, yes. So, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to do it. So he says to the guy, well, I'm going to kneel down. And I'm going to put my hand on your knee. Are you all right with that? Yes, that's fine. And he um, ascertains, you know, what's going on. And basically, the knee's not in the right place. And so he speaks to the knee, commands the knee to go back into the proper place. And nothing happens, and he feels such a fool. And uh, asks the guy if he feels anything, if anything's changed. No, nothing. Nothing's changed. No feeling. Nothing moves. He says, well, I'm just going to do it again. So he does the same thing again, commands the knee to be healed, commands it to be strengthened for the knee to move into the right location, and uh, nothing happens. And he's, going to, he's about to give up and sort of say, well, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm learning to heal the sick, and thank you for letting me pray. And he feels he needs to do it again. He does it one more time. He says the same thing. And suddenly, they both hear a crack. And the guy 
feels and they see the knee shift and the guy feels it shift and the knee moves into the proper place and uh, he's completely free of pain and walking up and down. And as a result, a number of his mates at work become interested in talking about Jesus and one or two of them came to visit the church and wanted to do Alpha. So, you know, we will look foolish, but it is also a wonderful evangelism tool. But not everybody is going to get well, and it can be quite discouraging. Uh, my son Jordan has back issues, and we prayed, over the years we prayed a number of times, and nothing has changed. Um, I remember praying for our plasterer, who was doing work in our house, and he had water on the knee, swollen knees, and it was really uncomfortable for him to get up ladders and down and kneel. And we offered to pray for him. Nothing changed. We prayed two or three times. And in the end, all we could do was say, thank you for letting us pray. And he was happy enough. He, he didn't really have much expectation, but we were disappointed. We wanted him to get healed. John Wimber used to say, faith is spelt R-I-S-K, risk. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And so we need to take risks. We need to be prepared to look foolish. But also, one of the ways that he explained is uh, through the now and the not yet of the kingdom. We live in a time where Jesus ushered in the kingdom. The person of Jesus uh, enabled us to, because he came, because he died, his spirit then came to us, and we can now minister in signs and wonders, and we see breakthroughs of the kingdom. But the kingdom in its fullness hasn't yet come. And so we're in, we're in that not yet stage uh, where we're waiting with eager anticipation for Jesus to come back. And one day he'll return and every pain, every sickness, every tear will be wiped away. And we'll be completely whole in, in our bodies. We'll be made well. And uh, we wait for that day anticipating. But in the meantime, we see breakthroughs of the kingdom. And so when we see a sick person healed, it's a breakthrough of the kingdom. It's a sign and a wonder to get us wondering about Jesus and his return. It's not a measure of God's love. God couldn't have done more than send us his son, Jesus, who was God himself. God comes in the person of Jesus and hangs on the cross in serious agony, in the most excruciating pain. He suffered utter cruelty, and he did it for us. That's how much he loves us. So whether you get healed or not is not a measure of God's love. We don't understand always why some are healed and why aren't, but what they are is a sign and a wonder pointing to what God is like, pointing to a time that will come when everything, everyone will be made well. John Wimber used to say, don't give up praying for people until you've prayed for at least 200. And uh, then you'll definitely see so many people healed. You'll be so encouraged you won't give up. So I just want to talk through a very practical model, and then we're going to kind of get into doing it. Um, first of all, when you find somebody who needs to be healed, you want to just ascertain what the condition is. So it's a bit of an interview process. Why is it there? Uh, what's going on? Because it could be that it's not just a purely physical condition. It could be it's not just a fall or something that just developed over time. It could be um, that there was a, an issue of unforgiveness, for example, or some emotional pain. Um, the Lord sometimes uh, reveals to us something else that's going on. And um, we prayed for a chap first thing this morning. Uh, it, we were doing a, a little bit of a clinic, and he shared how... Um, one of the, the condition that he had was, a, was as a result of an attempt, attempted suicide. And so clearly what needed to be prayed through there was some stuff, first of all, related to his emotional and psychological well-being. And, um, 
so we'll be praying for people. And at one point, I remember praying for a woman with arthritis. And she, um, uh, as we began to interview her, I'm, we were listening to the Lord. And, and we felt that there was some issue of unresolved forgiveness where somebody had hurt her and she hadn't processed forgiveness um, and so we asked her about it, and she immediately recalled somebody, and she, we just encouraged her to forgive. And as she forgave, she was weeping, and tears were falling down her cheeks and onto her hands, and she began to move her fingers. And even without having to pray, her arthritis left her hands, and all the joints and the swelling went down. It was really beautiful. So we're listening to see if there's something else going on. Um, and then we're going to sort of uh, measure. So, for example, if it's pain they're feeling, are they, what, what level of pain? Is it excruciating pain? Is it a 10? Or is it a 5? Or is it a 2? So that you can then, when you've stopped praying for healing, you can say, well, let's measure it again. Has it changed? So we're measuring. If, for example, it's a stiff joint, it may be that they can only raise their arm that high. And then you can measure whether it's lifting a bit higher or a bit higher. You know, you're able to measure if it's a severe headache. Has it reduced? That sort of thing. Um, so see if they can't bend down. You know, how far can they bend? How can they move their knee? And then how do you pray? Well, first of all, we welcome the Holy Spirit. Just wait for a few moments. Wait on the Holy Spirit. Just welcome and watch. Keep your eyes open. Okay, the person praying for uh, needs to keep their eyes open because you're watching to see what the Lord is doing because then you, you will often see their countenance change, a peace come upon them. You just want to be in that place where you sense the Holy Spirit is really welcome here. Um, all this might have to happen quite quickly if you're on the bus, <laughs> but here we can take a bit longer. We're watching with our eyes open. I remember praying for a guy who um, started to contort as we were watching him. Had we not seen it, we wouldn't have stopped to ask what's going on. But he started to do some strange movements. And he said he felt like his back, because he had back problems, was being stretched. It was like he was on traction. So he said, actually, I'd be more comfortable if I could lie on the floor. So we, okay, you lie on the floor. We carried on praying. It didn't stop for ages and ages. Eventually, we had to send him home with his back still doing strange things and apparently it went on through the night and when he woke up in the morning he was completely well no pain and his back felt totally different and um, then as you're praying you keep your eyes open in case something happens or in case someone nicks your wallet so you want to be careful you know you might be on the streets you never know what's going on there but anyway so um, you're lay hands on ask the person if they're happy for you to lay hands on uh, it's, it, the Bible talks about laying hands on. If they don't want you to lay hands on, maybe you might just hover your hand near the condition. But ideally, we lay hands on, but do it in an appropriate way. So if you're someone of the same sex, then you, know, you can ask them if it's their tummy or something a little bit more vulnerable. Can you lay their, your hand on their chest you know, if it's their heart? But if you're of the opposite sex, then probably preferable to say, you know, I'll put my hand on your shoulder. So we don't always need to lay hands on the actual condition, but... Um, something that's decent and in order. And then you're going to pray, not a prayer to God, but a prayer of command. This is where you have to know you have authority to pray for the sick. And we're commanding the sickness to leave. We're commanding the joint to loosen or the, the, the headache to go, the pain to dissipate. You know, you're speaking words of command um, as the Lord leads you, rather than saying, Lord Jesus, you know, this person's such a good person and they so deserve to be healed and please will you heal them now? Or even just, Lord Jesus, will you heal them? It, he's told us to heal the sick. We have the power to heal the sick in his name. And then, after you prayed, encourage them to do something they couldn't do. 
Uh, see if you can measure whether there's been a change. And then we finish. If they've been healed, we rejoice. If they haven't, we might do the whole thing again. Or we might say, thank you so much for letting me pray for you. Thank you so much. And we always want to leave with a deposit of love. Sometimes it's an opportunity to pray for something else. To, uh, you might have a different kind of a picture for them, something encouraging. Okay. Now, we are going to practice uh, healing now. And first of all, we're going to have some words of knowledge. So for those of you online, we're going to have some words of knowledge. I'm going to repeat them as we gather them in. And then I'm going to hand you back to the hosts in a little while. So we're just going to gather words of knowledge uh, before we go onto a clinic on the stage. So first of all, if you, um, if you love Jesus, just ask him now to give you a word. And uh, for some of you, a little piece of information will pop into your head, a condition and preferably, we're going to ask the Lord to give us conditions that are measurable, so we can measure the change in them. Um, and uh, so we're not talking about your condition, but we're talking about having a piece of information about a condition that isn't yours. And it might come as a thought, or it might come as a feeling in your body that you haven't had before. And you know it's not your own condition. So let's have a go now. Lord, we ask that you would give us some words of knowledge, and uh, that different ones of us would have the courage to speak them out, and we'll gather those words of knowledge in. So... Who wants to go first? Cracked rib. A cracked rib? Do you know what side? No, just a cracked rib. Okay. A herniated disc? Lower back, right. Lower back, lower back right side, herniated, herniated disc. Okay. A front headache on the left side. Just there. A broken thumb. Broken thumb. Pain in the left ear. Anxiety. Hang on, there's one over there. Arthritis. Panic attacks. I can't hear it. Despair, oh, okay, okay, yeah, despair, anxiety, depression, yeah, yeah. Hypermyalgia? Fibromyalgia, fibromyalgia. One or two more? A problem in the right knee? Swollen, swollen right knee. Oh, okay, over here. Cerebral palsy. Tendinitis, and one more here. Acid reflux. Acid reflux. Okay, if you heard a condition that's yours, um, we would love to pray for you. Yes.